bless God. Okay, so we thank God this morning. Um, my name is Mark Adberko, and this is Times of Navigating Unusual Change. We bless God, and we come in your way once again with the Word of God as we turn the pages to look at divine instruction that must govern our lives, that must govern our existence. It's good to have you on the broadcast, and I would want to, I would just want to like you to share this broadcast, invite somebody to connect to this broadcast this morning. Today is Father's Day, and I want to say Happy Father's Day to all fathers out there, and I want to say a big thank you and Happy Father's Day to a dear, dear man of God who impacted my life several years ago. He may not be watching this, but it's called Alfred Adjointe. Apostle Alfred Adjointe. God bless you so much. God bless you so much. And there are so many other men of God and women of God who have impacted me in so many ways that um, I cannot mention on this call. Even my own father. Wow. Geoffrey Achu Agbeko. God bless you. God bless you. And I say happy Father's Day to you. Happy Father's Day to my dear friends on this call. Let me get into the Word of God and then we bring you some wonderful announcements after this discourse. We want to go back and continue to look at um, Kingdom Laws and Systems. Kingdom Laws and Systems. This is the sixth part that we are looking at. It's been wonderful teaching this and uh, we want to trust that God will meet us here. Now, we today probably will be the last part on the nature and characteristics of the kingdom. We said that if we're going to um, implement or work in kingdom laws and systems, then it becomes important that we understand what the kingdom is and what the kingdom is about. Without understanding the nature of the kingdom, the characteristics of the kingdom, how the kingdom operates, it is almost as if buying a computer and it is just bare bones. It's just the casing. And there is absolutely no operating system running upon it. It's just like taking principles out of the word of God and running with it. But that principle has no validation within yourself, within your own life. That principle does not extrude out of your, your heart, but it's just mere external, external, externalities. That is what religion does. And as much as possible, we want to avoid the, the imposition of religion or the infection that religion brings. That it is possible that you can take the things of God and the next thing is you just begin to run with it without properly having a foundation in it, without properly being established in the truth or the principles of the word of God. The kingdom of God is not just principle. The kingdom of God is indeed the kingdom of God. And the kingdom must live in us and live through us. So this morning, just a quick reminder, we have said that the, the laws of the kingdom and the systems of the kingdom are an embodiment of a world that is another world from ours. We, we are utter strangers to this particular world. And therefore, it becomes important that we learn, we learn the ways of this kingdom, we learn the instruction of this kingdom, we learn the spirit of this kingdom. The kingdom of God is the ultimate thing that all must experience. So let's get into the word of God and look at a few more characteristics today about the kingdom. Last week, 
we didn't look at the kingdom. Um, it has an army, it has a defense system, it has a security system. And I took my time to try to explain a bit more on angels. And then we also apply the principle from the issues of defense that by this we can craft new systems of policy and new systems of safety for our cities, our families, our homes, and our nations and our kingdoms. If we live by the kingdom, then we will discover ways to keep and stop crime. If we live by the kingdom, we will discover ways to stop the level of wickedness that is unleashed because the hearts of men are transformed and changed. The kingdom of God, let me say this powerful thing, the kingdom of God is the antidote and solution to all lawlessness. I repeat that. The kingdom of God is the solution, is the antidote to all forms of lawlessness. Every nation in the earth is dealing with lawlessness. Every government of the earth is dealing with lawlessness. The word lawlessness means you are a law unto yourself. So what it means is that people purport, they behave, they carry themselves to obey uh, as, as though they obey the laws of the city and the nation. But essentially in their hearts, they are a law unto themselves. And that is why we see the crimes. That is why we see the destructions. That is why we see the wickedness. It's a heart issue. The scripture says in the book of Jeremiah, it says that the heart of man is desperately wicked. Desperately wicked means that it's searching, it's pursuing, it's going after, and just seeks to actualize itself in wickedness. The heart of man basically seeks to validate itself when wickedness is perpetuated. It is the... It is the nature of the fallen man. But in Christ Jesus, there is a new hope. In Christ Jesus, there is a new standard. So we have said that the, the kingdom of God, the, the message of the kingdom, and the kingdom of God is the most significant readjustment that God reintroduced in history. That God is challenging every system, every man, every woman with and therefore, if we wait to succeed, then we need to return to basis. We need to return to the kingdom. We need to return to the place of life. We need to return to the place of great significance. The kingdom of God and its message is the antidote, the only solution to the lawlessness that every kingdom, every city, every home faces. When the kingdom arrives in the heart of a man, that man's language changes. His thinking expands. His relational dynamics change. The way he relates to the environment changes. If you want to understand and study the kingdom, you can just make uh, take a step backwards and begin to look at the children of Israel. In the book of Exodus chapter 19, the Lord says that he was going to establish Israel, the Jews, as a kingdom of priests. As a kingdom of priests, as a nation, through whom that he was going to disseminate his truth, and send out models and systems that ought to govern those nations. This nation, this nation Israel, was given laws, was given systems, was accorded beliefs and, and whatnot. Some of those are outdated and cannot be, cannot be brought into present thinking and all. But essentially, if you look 
at some of the laws that the children of Israel were given. For example, the Lord told them not to eat certain foods. It's not about taboos within the New Testament context per se, but it's about how those foods can impact your health. Within this fallen system, the Lord instructed them that when you go, excuse my language, and defecate, you should cover it. When you kill an animal, you should pour the blood into the ground. There were systems and laws that God engineered that governed our society. So, from the systems of defense, from the systems of education, teaching. I mean, the, in, in the kingdom, our education is not wholesale. Let me repeat that. Our education is not wholesale. Wholesale simply means that you are not, you are not asking an elephant, a snake, a lion, a dog, a cat, a tortoise, a tortoise, a tortoise to all climb a tree. No. Our education is unique. In the scriptures in Ephesians chapter 4, the verse, 20, the verse 12, the Bible says that he has given, he has given, um, he has given the gifts of, of leadership, of government, of apostles and prophets and evangelists and teaching, teachers and pastors for the equipping of the saints. The, 12, the verse 12 says for the equipping of the saints. Very interesting word, catatismos is the word. And it's extracted from the word katatizo. And this, this word is so many things together. One of the things we see in them is how this leadership system of spiritual government that the Lord has set over his people will relate to his people not as wholesale, but as individual in their uniqueness and giftings and capacity. And ought to be equipped as such and develop and release. Unfortunately, the world system has infected even what we call church today. And it becomes difficult, the model of preaching, of training, of development, that we bring into um, the life of the believer is more of a rubber stamp, wholesale. We just rubber stamp everybody with the same teaching, thinking that some way, somehow, by the Spirit of God, the people will arrive there at their individual uniqueness. That is true. The Holy Spirit is at work. We need to constantly be in partnership with the Holy Spirit in order to develop people. However, it behooves upon, upon spiritual government and leadership and, 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 and people that bring grace to the very people they lead to develop systems and to relate in individual uniqueness to to, to each and every member in order to unleash them. Uh, perhaps maybe after all of this teaching, I'll come back to start looking at equip for ministry, equip for the work of ministry. So the system of the kingdom has its own ways of education. The system of the kingdom has its own ways of education. It's um, what I would describe as whole brain development. Whole brain development involves the left and the right hemisphere develop the heart development. That people are not just developed on one leg, mono, mono brain, single brain, single hard drive thinking. But these people are developed on a multi-layered level and their capacity and grace unleashed. And so if you are an educationist and you, you are touching the kingdom, that aspect of the kingdom should begin to affect and impact the way 
you develop your policy, the way you teach your people, the way you lead them. Um, and so it means that if, for example, I'm running a school, we can talk about cost and do the cost, but I don't want to get into all of those technical analysis. But it means that class size must be small. It means that there must be more resource persons. It means that there must be deliberate thinking and planning into bringing impact into each individual child, adult, or the people we lead in our ministries. This is a very strong and a powerful system that the kingdom requires of us. If we're going to be seeing the, the church, the ecclesia of God, the ecclesia of God rise in the earth and create massive impact and create an avalanche and enormous impact and bring such a level of distraction upon the systems of darkness, it becomes important that the, 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 we do not build according to the design and the pattern of the world, but we build according to revealed pattern. We build according to the reference point of heaven. We discover the Noah principle and build an ark, something that may not relate to the immediate environment, but caters to producing a generation that is powerful, that are able to protect and hold the future. The future is only available to those that craft it today. And so if we're going to hold on to the future, then we must begin to craft it today by the policies, by the systems, by, by what we build, business models and all. The kingdom we said last week has a system of agriculture, has a system of agriculture. It leads us to healthy living. It, 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 it leads us to good, good organs in your body. It leads us to living long and not dying of, of all of all of these um, diseases that is produced by junk food and unhealthy living and improper conduct to, to, to those food. So then it becomes important that when I'm getting into agri, then I want to grow differently. Look at Israel. Israel out of the desert is one of the greatest, uh, biggest exporters of citrus fruit across the world. Israel, they have discovered something in God that, that produces a technology that is able to cause them to grow fruits in the desert. And healthy fruits, healthy fruits for that matter. So we want to get into the word of God. Let me look at some principles real quick um, today in, a, in, the next, in the next 20 minutes or so. So we want to say that the kingdom of God is very powerful. And like I said, the kingdom of God and its message is the only antidote to the lawlessness, is the only solution to the problems of the nations, is the only law, is the only law and system that can cure the nations of the earth. Now let me start off reading a scripture in the book of Isaiah chapter 2. In the book of Isaiah chapter 2. And that we can begin to appreciate how lofty this thing is. In Isaiah chapter 2, um, it says that the word, the word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. So contest Judah and Jerusalem. Now remember God had chosen Israel back then to be a representation of a priesthood and a kingdom to the nations. So this is the word concerning the representation of God, um, Israel. Um, of his kingdom, for that matter, within our context. It says, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days, in the latter days, in the days, in the days we are in going forth, that the, the mountain of the Lord's house, specifically relating this scripture to the ecclesia, the church, the emergence of the glorious church, 
But now we can, by principle, by extension, say that the mountain of the Lord's house, being the kingdom, shall be established on top of the mountains. And it shall be exalted above the hills. It shall be exalted above the hills, the hills of nations, the hills of colonies, and all of that, and kingdoms of the earth. It shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. You see, and all nations shall flow into it. Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. You see it? He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his path. For out of Zion, Zion is the loftiest existence of the Spirit. Zion is the high point of existence. And I saw the heavenly Jerusalem, Zion, coming down from heaven. It is the, it is, it is the presence of God in the earth. Zion is the seat of government. David built his kingdom and his establishment in Zion. The throne of God is seated in Zion. The heavenly Jerusalem, the heavenly Zion, continues to look upon. And it says that um, in the verse, in the verse, um, in the verse 3, it says, For out of Zion shall go forth the law. It cannot go forth from the systems of the earth. It cannot go forth from the political regimes of the earth. From communism to whatnot and to whatnot to democracy can never be the solution to the earth's problem. The solution to the earth's problem is a recognition of the kingdom, the king and his domain, his rulership power as the standard bearer who issues the standard. For the Lord is our king. For the Lord is our judge. For the Lord is our lawgiver. And he will say, we can develop and design um, um, all kinds of technology. We can go to the mountains and go to the high and the precincts and the very precipice of, of, of the heavens, of, of the planet, and wherever we want to visit, of Venus and of Mars and of Jupiter, we can go. We can design spacecrafts that go as far as what? Well. We can go under the sea. All of this technology, very powerful, helpful, continues to make man's life good, but the Lord, he will save. It is very important that leaders of nations, leaders of family, of system, of, of, of education, of, of politics, of business, begin to recognize the Lord as King and live under his power, under his guidance, under his tutelage. It doesn't suspend your brain. It is religious Christianity, classical religious Christianity that causes men to suspend their brain when they go to the place of fellowship. But in the kingdom, you are kept intact. Humanity is celebrated. Humanity is a very powerful thing. When you step into the kingdom, in the kingdom as a human, you are celebrated. God recognizes your humanity. And, and humanity is not a fallen thing we are describing, but humanity is stepping into the original multi-layered, variegated awakeness of who we are originally when God created man. 
This is beyond the fallen man. And so when Christ came, he is bringing us back into that humanity. He says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. It doesn't matter the mistakes you make. It doesn't matter the, the, the frustrations you may face in the earth. You are a new humanity. Kainos is the word new. It's a new species. It's not susceptible to, to, to interruption of this earth. That life is powerful. And it dwells in this pot shed. In this pot shed. So we can celebrate humanity in the kingdom. But in classical religious Christianity, it is punitive measures, and these punitive measures have been borrowed from the world. So you can even look at the legal systems of the earth, it is all punitive, it is all punishment, 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 and no redemptive culture, redemptive thinking in that capacity. So if I were to be a lawyer, which I desire to read in a few years to come. If I were to be a lawyer, I want to begin to think differently and begin to reach out from the very heart of the kingdom with redemptive thought. I was listening to a presentation, I think on TED Talk, and I need to go back and listen to it again. How a particular society, I don't know if it's Malawi or Zambia or somewhere in Africa, are, 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 are using... Not just, not just in Africa, but elsewhere as well, uh, 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 are using um, um, forgiveness as a tool to create redemption. I think I also read about the Metonite or Medonite. I can't remember the name very well. Some um, society that grew up, I think, uh, maybe in, the, in, the, in Europe, yeah, maybe in Europe, how their society worked powerfully in forgiveness. And I read a story of a woman whose daughter went missing. Whose daughter went missing. Later, after about weeks, they would discover that it was one of their neighbors that actually kidnapped their daughter and killed her. And everybody in the society in America were, were fuming. I think written, the story was written by um, the gentleman who wrote this, this book. Um, who wrote this book? Um, he wrote a book entitled um, David and Goliath. David and Goliath. And he told a story of how he rediscovered the kingdom of God because of how that family who had a heritage with a metonite or something got changed, who had that powerful, powerful heritage, that powerful heritage. So there is a need that we discover the loss of the kingdom that can bring change, that can bring redemption, that can bring transformation to our society, that can bring change. That can bring transformation to our society. Other than the punitive systems, punishment and, and destruction of soul, destruction of humanity, which, which comes from such, such environment. Very, very, very important. Very, very important. Very, very important. Now, so let's, let's, let's look at some of the principles. The kingdom of God. First principle today. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is, let me grab it. The kingdom of God cannot be shaken. That's the first principle I wanted to look at this day, today. The kingdom of God cannot be shaken. In Hebrews chapter 12, 28, it says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and holy fear. 
So the first thing we're seeing is that the kingdom of God cannot be shaken. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you build. So long as you are building on the kingdom of God, you can be rest assured that this system is solid. This system is unshakable. This system is predictable. This system is sure. You can, you can in the kingdom discover where the fault lines are and where to, to build and build differently. Men and women who have worked with God have discovered God on high levels and God by his inspiration can also speak to you and show you how to build, how not to build, not to build on the fault lines and destroy yourself. The kingdom of God is unshakable. It's is predictable every other thing is bound to be destroyed hebrews 12 26 27 the bible says that whose voice should be heard but now he has promised saying yet once more i shake not only the earth but also the heaven so everything is being shaken everything is being shaken the things that are removable are going but the kingdom of God is the only secure, most safest place to be on the earth today. The kingdom of God is the most secure and safest place to be in the earth today. Let me repeat it. The kingdom of God is the most sure, safest, secure place that you can be in the earth today. No other ground, no, not your finances not opportunities but the kingdom of the dear son of our lord our lord now secondly the kingdom of god is built in the heart of men the kingdom of god is built in the heart of men now once the kingdom is built in the heart of men it guides it extrudes it manifests it shows it guides the way i live and the standards by which i live luke chapter 17 luke chapter 17 the verse 21 it says nor will they say so people were saying the kingdom is here that is here that is here but jesus said nobody will say any longer that see here or see there for indeed the kingdom of god is within you now some translations actually makes us understand that the kingdom of god is within you that is among us but there are other translations also that points to the fact that the kingdom of god is built upon the hearts of men if you want to build the kingdom of God, it's not about religious externalities. It is not about trying to hold on to best practices on the outside. It must be a life that comes from the inside. I must be transformed from within. I must be guided from within. I must be peaceful from within. I can't pretend to wear peace. I must be strong from within. I can't be strong physically and have brute force power but internally i am weak i am broken i am shattered i cannot be a hypocrite the kingdom of god is not a schizophrenia the kingdom of god is built within let's touch on another point quickly the kingdom of god is a never-ending stream of life that stays with you regardless of where you find yourself the kingdom of God is a never-ending stream of life that is with you regardless of where you find yourself. When you are even in the middle of the sea, the kingdom of God is there. When you are on the high, high mountains, 
the kingdom is with you. The kingdom is not something you put down in the morning and you pick up in the evening. The kingdom of God is this not is this is it's not this religious thing we pick up every Sunday morning and we drop it Sunday evening and we go back into the frustrations of the world. The kingdom of God is with you in the midst of the frustrations that come upon the world. In the midst of COVID, the kingdom of God is still within us. It's important we understand this life and not have a duplistic, dualistic life where the kingdom is only with us Sunday morning and then we drop it after Sunday evening. Where the kingdom is only something we carry when we are going to preach and when we finish teaching and preaching, we drop the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is with you even as you are an accountant, you are a lawyer, you are a banker, you are a politician. And so the kingdom must live through you and you must allow it to express itself. The kingdom of God is a never ending stream of life that stays with you regardless of the troubles when Paul was in prison it was in one of the places he wrote about three quarters of the the New Testament portion that he wrote that 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 was so uh, that is so significant and powerful in prison the kingdom of God is not bound it's a never-ending stream of life that stays with you another point here the kingdom of God is boundless it's boundless it's boundless and immeasurable the kingdom of God is boundless and immeasurable. You cannot put a tape to the kingdom and measure it with and its length. You cannot hold the kingdom and cap it in and lock it in. That thing is like 11,000 volts that you cannot lay a finger on. That thing is like 11,000 volts that you do not want to play from. You do not want to play with. That thing is like raw, raw original power coming from the dam before it is truncated and reduced and stepped down before it comes, it comes to people's home. That is the way the kingdom is. It is raw heavens power available inside earth shed bible says in second corinthians 4 7 it says that we have this treasure in earthly vessels listen to listen to what paul says we have this treasure i want to encourage somebody out there i'm trying hard to finish my teaching today on the nature and the characteristics of the kingdom paul says that but we have this treasure in the verse 7 down but we have this treasure in heaven vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We have, are you feeling diseased? You feeling tormented, perfected? You feeling the devil reaching out and persecuting you? You feeling things crumbling in the face? It says that we have this treasure of heaven, this raw power, raw original power from the dam that is coming from the plant, raw power, self-generating power is the nature of the kingdom that is locked up in earthly vessels and that the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Come on, come on, come on. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not destroyed. Always, always carrying, always carrying about 
in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be made manifest in the body. Very powerful verse in there. It is clearly indicating that the place of despair and perplexity and hopelessness is the same place of life and resurrection. Do you know that it was in the grave, the very grave that Christ laid, it was in the same place resurrection was enacted. Death and resurrection exist in the same frame and the same world. And the Bible says that always carrying about in this body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Jesus may also be made manifest in our body. For the verse 11, for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may also be made manifest in this mortal flesh. So then, death is working in us, but life in you. So then, death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore we speak. Come on. The kingdom of God is boundless, immeasurable. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. When we touch the kingdom, everything begins to grow, everything begins to expand, everything, relationship expand, life expand, health expands, everything begins to expand, wealth expands because the kingdom has its own ways. Therefore, the kingdom of God is one, the kingdom of God is everlasting, full of dominion, and ever expanding in influence and territory. The kingdom of God is an everlasting dominion, full of dominion, full of is everlasting, full of dominion, and ever expanding in the influence and territory of God. The kingdom of God is boundless. It's boundless. You cannot contain it. You cannot contain it. That is why it keeps finding expression through you and I. In great grace, great idea, great power, great wisdom, great innovations, great, great things continue to emerge through you who is an ordinary person. An ordinary person like me will continue to speak the wisdom and the depth of God in a manner that we wonder how did we come into such truth. The kingdom of God is therefore one dynamic coherent state of existence of life that does not inform duplicitic existence so i cannot have one standard here and one standard here i cannot put a kingdom down sundays after sunday sunday um, afternoon and say church service is done and therefore i go back to the world on monday and all the frustrations and all of that and another sunday i pick up the kingdom Saturday evening, I begin to prepare to pick up the kingdom. No, the kingdom does not inform, inform duplicity life. It does not inform one standard of lifestyle at home and another standard of lifestyle at work, another standard of lifestyle and, 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 and when I am, I am among the believers. The kingdom is one coherent state of existence and does not allow for duplicity or dualism kind of life. So the rule of God, which is ever increasing, expanding, reaches to every sphere of man, every sphere of human existence. That is when we can discuss kingdom laws and systems as a solution, the only antidote to racism, the only antidote to black lives matter, white lives matter, the only antidote to 
to, to racism against Africans and against white, the only antidote to the uh, racism against Caucasian and whatnot, the only antidote that can be the system of government of here, the kingdom, the kingdom. In fact, there was a scripture I was reading. Let me back up, let me back up a bit into Isaiah chapter 2 again and look at how powerful. When people step into the space of the kingdom, life begins to change in a manner. Nations begin to transform. In Isaiah chapter 2 again, it says that in it says that for out of Zion the Lord shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. The verse 4, powerful. It says, He he God will sit as a judge. He will judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their source into plowshares. I mean, a whole system that is all defensive and seeking to go to war now changes the systems and the tools of war to something productive. They shall beat their, they shall beat their source into plowshares. They changes this thing of aggression into plowshares of systems of harvest and growth and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up a sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Basically, the landscape of the existence of the nations of the earth get transformed when the nations touch the kingdom. When you and I touch the kingdom, we do not have a double duplicitic dualism kind of life. Let's touch on another point here. Very, very loaded. The kingdom of God is characterized revealed or evidenced by power. You cannot talk about the kingdom of God and not talk about the power of God. I don't believe in teaching the kingdom and not having the power of God with you and, and, and accomplishing it. If you read the scriptures, the Bible tells us in the book of Luke, uh, the book of uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 8, for example, that Jesus, he taught the kingdom. In fact, the book, if you read the New Testament, you see it all over the place. He taught the kingdom and he healed all manner of diseases. Somewhere in scripture it says, and the power of God was present to heal all manner of diseases. Hebrews 2, 4, it says that God himself confirming his word, confirming the word of the kingdom with signs and wonders and various miracles. If I have embraced the kingdom, I am full of power. If I am talking the kingdom, I have power available to demonstrate, to craft out the very systems and laws that the kingdom wants me to produce. If I have touched the kingdom, I must walk in the healing capacity and the gifts of the spirit. I must be able to extrapolate principles and build new ways to change the foundation of existence of people. The kingdom of God is characterized, revealed, or evidenced in power. It is not mere verbiage. It is not talk, talk, talk. It's not a talk shop. It is evidence. It is validated by the demonstration of power. Power does not just mean falling and, and kicking and all of that. Very important. The deliverances, the healing, all of that is very good. But power also has eight aspects of quality. In fact, one of the word, one, one of the meaning of power is moral 
excellence of soul moral excellence of soul check it out moral excellence of soul it means that life is tempered with on every side and there is integrity the whole system is well integrated and therefore if we're going to build society we need to return to the power of god evident in healing grace and all of those things and ways and laws and systems power now there are several ways I don't know if I can go through, through it, but I'm going to do well to just try to um, wrap this teaching up today so that next week we can begin to take one or two of the principles and explore them. So I'm going to read a couple of um, scriptures. The kingdom of God is evidence in power. First, first Corinthians, I just read first, first Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but it's in power. It's not mere verbiage. It's not talk shop. Talk, 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 talk. It's not good. We have to walk in the kingdom. We have to build the people. Majority of classical Christianity today, classical church today, which includes uh, charismatism, which includes evangelical, which includes, we only know power in the essence of somebody falling, somebody speaking in tongues, somebody prophesying and all. We need to step up in our understanding concerning power and move it a bit more further. There are several ways, several ways that means power. Um, let me just talk about dunamis. Dunamis, the word dunamis, which means power. Um, and, and that word uh, means strength, means power, means ability. Now, one, it means inherent power. It means power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. So your potential, your gift, your calling, your leadership gift that God has put in you, that is power or which a person or a thing exerts or puts forth your special skills and abilities it is called power you don't want to neglect those things you don't want to rubbish yourself and make your giftings and your capacities look like sin and so we have a lot of believers who have not been taught properly they've been taught out of themselves and they do no longer believe in their abilities but you see the people of the world Jesus said they are wiser they are wiser than the children of the kingdom it ought not to be so you need to exert yourself and put that inherent resident power and when the grace of God the spirit of God comes upon you it unravels on button on bottles that ability and unleashes your capacity to continue to go Dunamis. There are several ways. There is energia, there is kratos, there is dunatos, there is exousia, there is ischios, several of them, but just dunamis. Dunamis also means power for performing miracles. You see it? Power for performing miracles. So the kingdom of God is evidence in power. We must walk in power for performing miracles. Miracles, a miracle meaning that this thing is out of the world. It can only be done by God. I quote again Hebrews 2 4. It says, God Himself confirming His word with signs and wonders and the gift of the Holy Spirit as He wills. The kingdom of God is evidence in power. Power for performing miracles. It means force, literally, specifically the miraculous power. In my implication, it also means the miracle itself. Now, do you see 
The condition where a miracle, a testimony of a great miracle God has wrought is shared. And that testimony produces another miracle. It means the miracle in itself. This thing is self-generating. This thing is power on its own. This thing is raw energy. The kingdom of God is evidence in power. The kingdom of God. Evidence in power means, power means moral power and excellence of soul, integrated humanity, thinking right, behaving right, not schizophrenia, not religious schizophrenia, a people who are tempered and complete, that is what the kingdom brings by power, power, power means influence, the power and influence which belongs to riches and wealth. We step into kingdom power, it is time that the ecclesia steps back into influence and, 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 and power that flows from riches and resources and wealth. God is bringing back purchasing power, God is bringing us into riches again. Power means wealth, power means riches, it does not belong to. Um, just falling under power so we have walked in great power and poor I refuse to be that walking in great power prophesying and I am poor I'm not rich I am I am I am I am I am lacking on every side the power of God must produce the ability in us Deuteronomy chapter chapter 28 um, the verse 18 chapter 8 the verse 18 it says that you shall remember the Lord your God who gives you power to create wealth who gives you power to create wealth so we are talking about the ability to walk in golden rich golden dusty dusty golden rich filthy rich filthy rich in the things of heaven and in physical wealth that is called power the power that flows and influence that flows as belonging to riches and wealth power also means resources arising from numbers so we have to increase we have to grow ministry have to grow ecclesia will have to grow we have to expand to every side our evangelism trust will have to become more strategic we have to discover new evangelism strategies where we enter into the system the marketplace the homes and swiftly plugging people from the place of death and bringing them into the system of christ and establishing a new system of humanity that gives hope and light to the nations power power and resources arising from numbers we must increase and therefore i pray for somebody who is on this call you have no children you are seeking for children let your body system begin to function com completely and let them be a release of babies children children yes we must have numbers Yes, we must have people getting born again. We must continue to plug from the system of the world. So we pray right now, let the light of God down upon every system of darkness that is holding humanity. Let them break forth. Let them be free. In Jesus' mighty name. Lastly, on dunamis, it's power consistent in and resting upon armies, forces, and hosts. When we talk about this, this is just out of the world. We discuss the nature of angels and how powerful this defense system of heaven comes to our aid and works with us that we are in partnership with, that we walk with. We do not worship angels, friends. There are men and women who go worshiping angels. That is that is utter, utter, utter deceit 
and from the pit of hell. Angels are brethren like us, and therefore it should be normal to see angels, to experience angels, because if you have a brother and a sister, you should know them and relate to them. It should be normal to work with angels. In fact, the, the angel that came to John the Divine in the book of Revelations, he says, I Worship God, worship God, for I am one of one of yours, one of the servants like yourself. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1 that they are ministering spirits sent to you and I who are inheritors of salvation. Very powerful. Very powerful. So now let me wrap up. I'm going to wrap up and I'll do it real quick. So according to references from Revelation 4, the verse 11, and Revelation 5, 12, and 13, we see Jesus restoring a number of tangible heavenly materials which include the glory, honor, and the power. He is realigning the entire existence of creation. When you look into the scriptures I just quoted, in Hebrews 1, the verse 3, it says that he is the brightness and the express image of the Father God. He is the only standard to whom God is speaking. In the verse 1, it says, In the times gone, the, the Lord has spoken through the prophets and the fathers. However, now, he is speaking through Christ, who is the brightness and the express image of him, the Father. And it says that who has held everything in place by the word of his mouth. So we see in these verses quoted in Revelation 4, 11, Revelation 5, 12, and 13 that he, Christ, is restoring some tangible heavenly materials and realigning the system of creation which he is bringing about riches, wisdom, strength, blessing, power, glory, and all. So look at this. Revelation 4, 11. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you, 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 you created all things and by your will they exist. Remember we're talking about power? Remember we're talking about power? This is an embodiment of power. It is glory. The glory that exists, that consists and dwell upon a number of people. We are talking about the power, the glory of heaven. We are talking about honor. We are talking about Resources, Revelation 5, 12, 13, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven, and on the earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all, all that are in them, I have saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Whoa! This is the kingdom. The kingdom has arrived. And we need to step into it. So all of the above, which is described divinely, which is described um, as, as heavenly materials, constitute kingdom power. I'm going to stop here and there are several things to consider about the nature of the kingdom but next week I want to start looking at something else. God bless you. The Lord favor you. Quick announcement here. Um, this coming weekend starting from 24th Thursday in the evening and 25th Friday in the evening Basilia News Fears will be meeting at Hotel Jokar. 5.30 p.m. on Thursday, 5.30 p.m. on Friday. You want to be there. And then 26 Saturday morning, it's a family gathering. We want to prove our children. 
Yes, social distancing and all the protocols being observed. So you want to come along with your child, your son, your daughter, and we want to lay hands on them. We want to allow the Spirit of God to touch them and bless them and deliver them. God bless you. The Lord favor you. And so this Thursday, there shall not be any weekly online Bible study because of the meeting that we have. I want to say the Lord favor you and the Lord grant your heart desires. It has been quite a bit of details today. Go back, this, go back to this video, study what is there, and the Lord will favor you. God bless you, dear fellows. God bless you, everybody watching this. I will be with you again next Sunday at 8 a.m. It is peace and life and bye-bye for now. God bless you. Hello. Welcome to Times of Navigating Unusual Change. My name is Mark Agbeko. I'm the convener, the host of this conversation that happens every Sunday morning. Um, morning as in um, 8 a.m. from Ghana and um, every Sunday evening. So I just want to welcome you and I want to say that share this video, invite somebody to connect to this broadcast this morning as we continue to look at the very things that God has placed his fingers on in the word of God for us to look at. It's important because that is the only thing that is able to give us an inheritance among the saints, the word of God. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 20, the verse 32, it says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace that is able to grant that you and I will have an inheritance among the saints. So I want to welcome you and I want to say let's settle in. Now we've been discussing kingdom laws and systems, kingdom laws and systems. I've taken an extensive moment to do a very good introduction on what kingdom laws look like, what kingdom systems look like, how uh, they basically operate. And then I've gone further to discuss with you the importance of the nature and the characteristics of a kingdom. That it is, it is, it is important for us to understand the nature of the kingdom, how the kingdom runs. If we're going to be discussing kingdom laws, then it's important that we understand how the kingdom runs. So we did look at the very nature and the characteristics of the kingdom for a period of time. Today, I want to just take one of the key principles of the kingdom, which has to do with one of the laws and uh, one, one of the systems by which the kingdom operates, a law or the system by which the kingdom operates. And so we will be talking this morning about the kingdom of God um, is that of God. So we're talking about the kingship of God and how we ought to relate to that kingship, how we ought to walk with that kingship. The, 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 we are talking about God is God and he is king. God is God and he is king. Now, if you've been raised under democracy, if you've been taught and tutored by democracy, if you have been developed and shaped, your understanding shaped by democracy, it becomes very, very difficult to appreciate the nature of the kingdom and how the kingdom runs and operates. So the first thing I want to say is that you have to think differently and discard the idea of democracy. 
I'm going to come back and look at the system of democracy as against the kingdom much later. Because in democracy, um, the manner in which it operates is that you vote in a president and you, 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 you elect a president, you elect parliamentarians or depending on your jurisdiction, senators and all of that. And, and mayors and all of that and DCs and all of that. And this um, puts power rather in the hands of the people. But in the kingdom, the power is in the hands of the king. It is controlled by the king. And when the king confers such power and grace upon you or upon I, we live to represent and reflect the king, not ourselves. We do not live for ourselves. That is a very big essence of the kingdom of God. So let's look at a scripture as we look at God, his king, God is God and his king. God is God and his king. Let's start off with Luke chapter 22, the verse 29, the verses 29 and 30. I'm reading the NIV translation, Luke chapter 22, the verses 29 and 30. And Jesus said, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me. And I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me. So, the verse said is so that you may eat and drink at my table in the kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Do you see it? It is power translating from a king, from one who has received the kingdom, who rules over the kingdom, and he has extended that power to us and to his, his apostles, to his prophets, to his, evan to his evangelists, to his pastors, to the teachers, to the believer. All of us have a ministry. Ministry is not only that of the apostle. Ministry is not only that of um, standing in the pulpit and teaching and preaching, but ministry, vocation as it is, to serve humanity and serve the very intent of the of God, then that will constitute ministry. So he says that I confer on you, and what Jesus is saying is that I have arranged and disposed on your affairs, that it becomes yours, it becomes something you own, a process that you own, a system that you own, a law that you own, and you live by that law. You live by that law. So, God has placed you and I in this earth, from our homeland, from our country, heaven, to colonize this earth by exerting the, his, his dominion, the dominion of the king and his kingdom here on the earth. If you do not know why you are in the earth, this is the basic intent for which you are here. You are not here to make money. You are not here to build houses. You are not here to, to, buy, to, to buy things for yourself. You are not here to, to, to just live for yourself. You are here to live for an intent and purpose that is way beyond you. He has called us with the holy calling. He has called us out of his own grace and his own loving kindness. And he has designated us with a call that is in eternity before, before time began. That is in eternity. So this call, this purpose, this existence is to colonize the earth through the accession of the dominion of a king. I confer on you 
a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me. I appoint, I give to you that belongs to you. I bring into your commitment. I bring you into that place where it becomes yours. So the kingdom of God is not a religion. We want to embrace this. It's never a religion. Now, what has happened in relating to God as God and God as King is that what has happened is that we have tend to put before us the self-principle where we want our needs, our concerns addressed without the concern of the king being addressed. Where we prefer our, our ways to that of God and him being king. Now I'm going to read a scripture and I'm going to take you on a path. And then you see this nature of God as God who is king and God who is a God of covenant, who, who through his covenant name reveals himself in several ways to us. And in revealing himself in these ways to us, God actually wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives. He wants to be God in every aspect of our lives. He wants to be God in your marriage. He wants to be God in your ministry. He wants to be king in your home, in your finances. He wants to be the one who is in charge. He wants to determine what you do with your life. He wants to direct. He wants to give you a future and a hope and success. It says that I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Not thoughts of evil, but thoughts that are good, that are peaceful. To give you a hope, a future, and an expected end. Therefore, when we submit to the king, we are not, we are not losing it. Like some would think that when I submit to the law and the systems of the king, I lose my joy, I lose my peace. No, it is rather in that place we have we have the real peace of God. God has a very special reason and a very no a very noble reason why he said do not fornicate, why he said do not commit adultery, why he said do not do not do do not get involved in certain things god has special reasons why he has instituted and put barriers around us so that our lives can be governed and be pristine and bring him glory in every sphere so he wants to be king in your home he wants to be king in your ministry he wants to be king in your vocation you are an accountant you are an engineer you are a lawyer you are a banker you are a politician you are an economist Whatever capacity you find yourself in, God wants to be indeed God in that environment. So look at the scripture in Jeremiah 23. Let's read a couple of verses. The verses 5 and 6. It says, Behold, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, or says the Lord. The days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. Very powerful um, um, existence that is described of a king, the emergence of a king coming out of the root and the lineage of David or sitting and, and pattern, sitting on the throne of David and pattern after the way David thinks and David operates and the passion that David has for the things of God and to see ultimately the very intent of God displayed in the earth and the glory of God shown forth. Let me read it again. Behold, the verse 5. 
the days are coming. And I want to say the days are here. The days have been with us. Some people do ask, what is it about the move of God? What is the latest move of God in town? I know for some, they just want to join the latest move of God in town. What is the newest thing God is doing? But the truth of the matter is that the move of God that we know, we've called the apostolic move, that move, that move, essentially, it has just been the move, the move of God, the move of God being the kingdom of God from the beginning. If you study from Genesis, you have, you realize that it is, it is the kingdom from the beginning and it is kingdom forever. God is not doing anything new other than the kingdom. It is the kingdom from eternity. It is the kingdom into eternity forward. And so if you want to embrace a new move of God, behold, the days are coming and the days are here, says the Lord, that I will raise to a branch, I will raise to David a branch. One who will pattern himself after David. One who will operate like David. One who will possess the heart of David. The very essence and the existence and, and, and the configuration by which David operated. He will sit upon the throne of David. He is a branch of righteousness. Look at the way this king is described. He is a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign. A king shall bear the rule. That word reign means to rule, to control, to have dominion, to have influence, to have everything under your government and power at your beck and call. A king shall bear the standard. He shall be the standard bearer. And when he begins to reign as a king, he will prosper. This is how beautiful it is that when a people begins to relate to God as indeed God and his king, there is the issue of prosperity that is normal. He says he shall reign and prosper. He will, he will flourish in his kingship. He will, he, will ex, he will expand in his kingship and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. So wherever you see lack of justice and you see lack of righteousness, upholding of the standard, you can clearly think and realize that the king is not present there. The king is not permitted in that environment at all. Now listen, the verse 6, it says, In his days, Judah shall be saved. In his days, Judah shall be saved. And Israel will dwell safely. That word safely is betak. That word betak actually speaks of a system where, uh, like, like a city that is dwelling in a valley and it is safe and without fear of any trouble. That Judah, that you and I will be saved. That my home will be saved. My ministry will be saved. My career will be saved. Your life will be saved. When, when you find yourself in the place where you are assailed by all kinds of things, the only solution is to come under the government of a king. Nations of the earth are assailed by all kinds of problems with lawlessness and whatnot. The only solution is return to the king. It is time that we make a comeback to the king. It says in his days of rulership and dominion and bearing the standard, Judah shall be saved and Israel will, will dwell safely. Now this is the name by which you will be called. The Lord our righteousness. The Lord our righteousness. So we are seeing a king 
reigning and ruling powerfully and his jurisdiction covers everywhere and there is nothing that is absolutely lacking. And when the, he begins to flourish and his judgment goes out, his righteousness is in the earth, where, where the people who are his subjects come under salvation, they are delivered, they are saved, they are prospered. When he said in the New Testament, the word salvation or the word save, soteria is a word in the, in the Greek for salvation. Sozo is also used uh, sometimes to describe the word um, um, save in salvation in several several ways. But when you look at soteria, the word salvation is analogous. It's, it's a sentence. It means to be saved, to be delivered from harm and trouble. It means that to be, to be, to be cleansed, to be purified. It means that when I'm saved, it means that I am, I am delivered from demonic oppression. I am healed of my sickness and diseases. It means that I am prospered. I am walking in prosperity. Prosperity of the soul, prosperity on the outer side. Now, it also means to be preserved until the end. It will be preserved until the end. So when we come under the kingship of Christ, he is not a president that you elected and voted for. He is not ruling and reigning over a democracy. He is reigning over a system that is a kingdom. And everything is subjected to him. And when we are subjected to him properly, we dwell safely. We dwell safely. We dwell, we dwell in peace. Everything is in harmony. There is prosperity. There is joy. Life begins to gain meaning and relevance and significance. Life begins to go forward from the point of stagnation. Life begins to dawn upon us. Those who dwell in darkness, sickness, diseases are broken because he is king. And beyond that, his light begins to dawn upon the systems of the earth when things are rearranged. Life is rearranged. Look at the rearrangement of life. A king shall reign and prosper, execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. It's totally a rearrangement. I think in Isaiah chapter 26, it says that when your judgment is exalted in the earth, every, it, said, it said everybody, the wicked, they shall all submit, they shall bow. Look, there is a rearrangement of life that happens. It says Judah shall be saved. And people who are desperate, scattered and strewn everywhere, who have been knocked off, suddenly comes to a place of cohesion and salvation and community. They say that Judah shall be saved and they shall dwell safely. A new rearrangement of life happens. Now when God, God has promised us good things and when we come to God, we prosper in his ways. We are blessed. But unfortunately, many people only know God. There is, there is what I describe as the living Lord Jesus Christ. The living Lord Jesus Christ. And many people only know him as Jesus who saves them, who heals them, who protects them, who, who provides for them, who, 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 who meets their needs. And so it has become um, a consumerism kind of relationship. Me, 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 I, 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 all centered on me rather than on the king and the desire and the purposes of the king. Very often we, we gather together, we go to meetings, and we have never spent time. The body of Christ, the church, the people of God, we have never spent time to ask the king, King, what is on your mind? What do you want me to do for you? I am, I am at your beck and call. I am at your ebb and flow. I just want to do your bidding, not my preferences. 
Some people go to the extent of giving God ultimatums. If you do not do this for me and that for me, I will abandon you. I want to challenge your faith. He is the king. He is not your servant. He is the Lord who is called the God of righteousness. He is not your servant. He, he, he is the determinant of things. Let me flow through. Now, so when we look at the covenant names of God, let me just take about about three of them. When we look at the covenant names of God, God through his covenant names unveils to us the very heart, his very heart of which we ought to relate to and how he desires his business to be conducted in the earth. It is not just for our, our blessing and our prosperity and our well-being and feeling good. It is that we will relate to him in a particular manner and through that revelation of his nature, his character, his name, we will be able to allow him, God, to reign and rule. Look at this word, Jehovah Seboas. Jehovah Seboas means the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts. The Lord who is Lord over his army and leads his army. Did you see that? The Lord who is, who is Lord, who is king, who reigns and rules over his armies. And leads his army. David said to Goliath, he says, you come against me in the name of the gods of the Philistines. But I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The Lord who leads the armies of heaven. In the book of First Chronicles chapter 12, Bible says, and they continue to come to David. The tribes, the leaders, the captains, upon captains, they continue to come unto David. Until David's army began to look like the army of God. Now God is the God who leads his army in the heavens and who leads his army in the earth. You and I becomes a part of his army when we get enlisted through the protocol of the blood and of the cross. The, 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 the born again experience. When we give our lives to him, he declares to us in the book of Jeremiah, I think 15, he says, you are my battle ass. You are my battle ass. He says, with you, we become enlisted in his army. And therefore, he is Jehovah Seboah, the Lord who is God over his army and leads his army. He is not God over his army and abandons his army to do what they want to do. We are at his instruction. So basically, when we look at the revelation of the covenant name of God, Jehovah Sabbath, one of the things that we learn is that he wants to be involved in our wars. He wants to lead the wars. He wants to determine the strategy. He wants to showcase how we can win the battles of this life. He wants to reveal to us how we can take down the enemy territories, the battles in your office, the battles in your business, the battles in your nation as a leader, as a political figure, the battles that you are confronted with in your communities, God have has solution. We call it heaven's solution to hell's problems. And so you are part of his battle as and is determined to use you powerfully to his glory. And there is no way he will use it for his glory that you will also not experience it. Take a look, step back and take a look at Jeremiah chapter 15, the verse 22 23. You will see that he says that you are my battle ass, you are my war club, you are my weapon for battle. With you, I will shatter, I will break, 
I will do that. I will turn around. I will, I will, I will shut up this sense. God is after, after his kingship, after his dominion, after his rulership, and he wants to see that happening in the earth. But when we only see him as Jehovah someone who only fights our battles for us, and we do not, do not submit to him and allow him to have his way, but that, that he is the God who fights our battles, and therefore we can just do anything, you know, we lose the very essence of God who is king. We need God to be Jehovah Sabbath in our lives, and we need to bring our battles and submit everything to him. It doesn't matter what you are fighting, you can submit that to him, you can bring back that to him and say, God, this battle is yours. And you submit every process and that battle will be won. So God wants to be involved and he wants to be king. Look at this one, Yahweh Nisi, Jehovah Nisi. It means the Lord, the Lord our banner or the Lord my banner, depending on where you stand. The Lord our banner. It is important that we understand that he is the Lord our banner in that, that revelation of community that we own him as a banner as a community not as just an individual not 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 that selfish intent but that he is god 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 who is my banner who is your banner who is your banner who is his banner all all of our community together he is a banner and he is the royal sign that gave us identity so you see, God is not just a provider. So some of us have taken the aspect of him being a provider and a healer and all of that. And that he give me, give me, give me, give me. And we are not ready to look unto him as the living Lord. The living Lord Jesus Christ. But we just take that aspect of him, Jesus, who provides solution for us. And we want to step away from that when we come into understanding this nature of God. And I'm going after something. I'm going after something. Yahweh Nisi. He is our royal sign. That gives us identity. That gives us definition and hope in the battles of life and the eternal battles, the epic eternal battles of this existence in the kingdom. He gives us identity. Your identity is not in your money. Your identity is not in your career. Your identity is not in whether you come from America, you come from Canada, you come from United Kingdom, you come from Germany, you come from some part of the world and you feel that nation is more dignified than other nations and it's a superpower and it is high and has all the resources. That is not your identity. Your identity flows from the king. Your identity flows from his nature, his character, and his banner over us is love. That is why we can always walk to him, we can always run to him. Because, because we are not defined by our family. He says he set the solitude in a family. You didn't choose to be in your family. He chose you and put you in that location in the earth. So whether you come from the backside of the desert somewhere where you hardly even find water to drink, God determined the spaces, He determined the boundaries, and He placed you there. The recognition that He is your banner, He is, he is our banner, transcends borders. It is a borderless statement that one who is in Germany, 
can also uphold that identity. God is my banner. One who is in the backside of a desert somewhere, who is living in a heart somewhere, can also uphold that reality. He is my banner. We all carry a singular identity. I mean, sometimes, sometimes the way Christianity is made to look upon, we make it look so, so, so ugly. That, that, that if, if it is not in affluence, if it is not in, in that kind of, of, um, 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 avatar, avatar, that image we put out there, and, and, and then the brother who is behind the backside of the desert does not qualify to be a believer. Listen, he is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner, the Lord whose banner of love is over us. He's a royal sign that gives us identity, definition, and gives us hope in the battles of life. So, like a real king would do, that is what he does for us. When the war is on, the, the banner is lifted, and it is a sign that the king is leading his army. And by that banner, everybody identifies and knows that this powerful king has given his followers, his, his, the, the magic feet behind him, identity. He has given them hope. He has given them definition. You are not, you are not, you are not defined, you are not defined by being Ghanaian. You are not defined by being Nigerian. You are not defined by being a Kenyan. You are not defined by being a Cameroonian. You are not defined by being a Liberian. You are defined by the king. You are not defined by your money and the, and opportunities and, and all. Have we not seen great men of pomp and pageantry? died, what really did they carry from this earth? That, that, that dead comatose existence of a body that laid, could not lift up his finger to pick even a one dollar bill. When initially, when earlier he had controlled billions of it. Listen to me, our identity is not in the things that we acquire. Now I want to touch on the last one of the identity and how we ought to relate to the king. Jehovah Jehovah Rohi, Jehovah Rohi, the Lord my shepherd, the Lord my shepherd, my master, my owner. Come on, and this is what we're going to we're going to zero it on, and, and then we end the conversation pretty soon with some scriptures. Now, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. It's a personal relationship. The Lord is my shepherd. You know the psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't want to go into the rest. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is a personal relationship. My shepherd. My shepherd. My shepherd. And so I need to have a personal walk, a personal relationship, and a personal existence with God. If you, if, 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 if the Lord is their shepherd, that is where people begin to hire prayer contractors. That is where people begin to hire pastors. That is where people abandon their discernment to pastors and leaders. And that is why people cannot be responsible in the kingdom with, with, in, in, the, in, the, in our churches. The system we have built has only left the people to look onto the men, not men pointing, pointing them to Rohi, my shepherd. The Lord is my master. He is my owner. Now, some of us may not like this word very well. Owner, master. In this modern existence of ours, there is something called landlord or landlady. 
Landlord, when you rent a place, when you rent a property, when when you you pay for a property and you move in, you know that there is somebody that owns the property, and that property has somebody called the lord, the owner, the landlord. And and in principle, when you come under the landlord, you come under his jurisdiction, you come under his power, you come under his influence, you come under his ways. My God, you come under his ways. And so, and so the, the, the modern day existence of landlord has, has shifted. When the British sent, uh, sent out um, governors to the nations of the earth, what those governors became were to become landlords of those jurisdictions that were conquered and governed for the British. And so life is not determined by the governor. What time you sleep? What time you should be out there? What time you go? You are regulated, absolutely regulated. The Lord is my shepherd. The question I want to ask you, do you have a personal relationship with him? Or you've abandoned it to some man of God, some woman of God, some system, some church system that continue to siphon life, life out of you. I know of a jurisdiction where they say you do not need to allow the people to fast a lot. Because when they fast a lot, when the church members fast a lot, they will develop spiritual capacity, they will grow spiritually and they will start putting pressure on the leaders. And so do not allow them. The, 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 the maximum they will allow them to fast in a year means maybe 14 days. Uh, sometimes uh, sometimes three three days in, 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 in a year. This is absolutely not good. It is not pointing the men and the women to the master, the owner. Now, when we zero in on that, then it means this. This is what it means to us. If, if the Lord is my owner, my shepherd, then a people who have removed the shepherd from its place um, will be described as kingless is headless. If we have beheaded a king from our lives, then we are headless. Therefore, kingless is headless. Now, in Jude 1, the verse 4, it says that some men have crept in. Some, it says, for certain men have crept in stealthily. Gaining entrance by the side, by a side door, and immorally, sorry, and immorality, and disown, and denying our soul master and Lord Jesus Christ. He said, this man crept in. When they crept in, they disown, and they deny um, our master, who is the soul master. Look at the way it describes it, the Amplified Translation. It says, the so master and Lord, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the living Lord Jesus Christ. That reality must be complete in your life, not aspects of it. So um, um, when we look at the concept of master owner, in Psalm 24, the earth is the laws and all its fullness, the world and all those who dwell therein. The earth is the Lord, the earth, the earth is the Lord and all who dwell in it. They do this. We lost connection. We lost connection. Good, good, good. It says the earth is the Lord and all those who dwell in it. It says the fullness thereof. So we can we can say we can we can say that we can say that the the, the Lord is the maker and is the upholder of all things. The Lord is the maker and the upholder of all things. He has the right to all that 
there is in the world. He has a right to your life. He has a right to your marriage. He has to, he has the right. So it is not about, about, about your great grandfather's idea concerning marriage. The idea is his idea and not yours. Business is his idea and not yours. Transforming the earth is his ideas and not yours. So the, our best and good intentions cannot deliver the ultimate eternal purposes of God. We are subservient to Him, and we go we go back to Him to learn His ways. We're going to we're going to wrap up just shortly. He owns everything. We can say that He owns everything, including you and I, and everything we possess. He owns everything, including you and I, and everything we possess. First Corinthians one four, First uh, Corinthians chapter four, the verse seven, and nine. He says, "For who makes you different from anyone else? He makes you different from anyone else. What do you have that you did not receive? And if you you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? Why do you boast as though you did not?" My, look, listen. Let me say something. When you have the king as your master owner. Then he becomes responsible for you. Let me repeat that. He becomes responsible for you. He's responsible for your health. He's responsible for your, your well-being. He's responsible for your peace. He's responsible for your finances. He's responsible for your joy. He's responsible for your safety. When you... Now, when Jesus Christ was about to be arrested. That was something powerfully he said. He said, don't you know, when Peter put out his sword and cut off the ear, ears of, of the, the, the soldier or something, Jesus says, no, put your sword back. You don't do that. He says, don't you know that even now I can pray to my father. He knows that in Christ, he is a man who is dependent on another. Master-owner relationship means that we are dependent on another and he is responsible. And everything we have, we do not own it, but was given to us for administration and for execution of his judgment, his intent, his purpose, his standard in the earth. So you can have the money and you think it's yours. It is meant for the advancement of the kingdom, not yours for just your comfort. You will enjoy and have your comfort, but remember that there is an intent that is bigger than your comfort. This issue of comfort, my comfort, my comfort has destroyed everything. We place, we place the cat before the horse instead of submitting to the king. Let me, let me, let me push through this. So, my finances belong to him. He has the right to my life to do anything with me at any given point in time and without asking anybody's permission. He does not need it. He is God all by himself and he is my master. Now he becomes responsible in every way for you, your home, your children, your businesses. Why are you afraid to submit to the master? We are afraid because he, he usually would take away from us those, those, those desires and the satisfaction of the flesh. Those things of the flesh that we enjoy. We know that he would take that from us. And give us and give us something better. And because we love the flesh so much, we find it difficult to submit it. I challenge you, therefore, submit to him. It is a place of joy. Submit to him. Your finances can be saved. Submit to him. He has solutions, solutions out of this world. Submit to him. He upholds everything. It says, For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you have you you, you that you did not receive? 
And if you did receive it, why do you boast? Why do you boast? Why do you boast? Why do you boast? People can hear their chest, me, I, me, me. Why do you boast? Even the life, master owner means the life that the bread that is in your nostrils, he can snuff it out at any given time. So you see kings of our villages and our cities and, 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 and presidents of nations and, and, and leaders of businesses carrying themselves as though they own, they own the earth. My God, why do you make a boast? Who can make a boast against the Lord? Psalm 2, it says that why do the nations rage? Why do, why do the nations boast? Why do the kings of the earth Take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed. When you read further, I said, it says that he's the son, lest he becomes angry and he smite the earth with a curse. My God. Listen, master owner relationship. Look at where it flows from. Isaiah 45, the verse 5 to 7. I am the Lord and there is no other. My, 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 my. I am the Lord and there is no other. Remember, he is the maker and upholder of all things. He is the, it's not, it's not, it's not gravity. Gravity is a law that is there, but there is somebody behind gravity, science. Mr. Scientist, there is somebody behind gravity. Gravity is not just a law that is holding things. There is somebody that makes gravity what it is. He is the maker and upholder of all things. He has the right to all things in this world, including your life and my life. Sorina, that is wonderful. God has the right to my life, and therefore I submit it to him. I submit it to him. He owns everything, everything. Everything, including the money in your bank account. He owns everything. He owns your wife. He owns your husband, your son. He said, it's my son. He says that children are the heritage of the Lord. <laughs> So when your child begins to misbehave, take it back to the owner. God directs direct prayers to the owner. Unfortunately, we do the wrong things by going to the wrong places to ask for solution. We take the problem situation back to another situation created by the owner. When we are supposed to direct it to the owner, men of God, when people come to you, the hope and the expectation of delivery does not lie with you. It's in the Lord. He is the maker and upholder. He owes everything. Verse, verse 5, it says of Isaiah 45, I am the Lord and there is no other. There is no God beside me. There is no God beside me. When you begin to submit to this dimension of life, He is responsible for you. <laughs> Let me quote a scripture. He says He will not allow His servant to see corruption. Let me quote it another way. He will not allow your body to suffer decay. Hey, that is the master. That is the owner. That is the one in charge of your life. He gives you breath each day. My God. He says, I am the Lord and there is no other. There is no God beside me. I will give you, though you have not known me. Can you see this dimension? It was speaking about Cyrus, a king who did not know God. But way before he was born and became king, he was prophesied about. And God says that even though you that man, that woman, you do not know me, you do not serve me, I will still guide you. That is how powerful 
the sovereignty of God is. When we submit to him and we become into a relationship with him, it becomes something else. This man who does not know him, who does not relate to him, is even guided. How much more me who now relates to him and draws closer to him? My, I will be guided, guided, if there is anything like that. Listen, it says that, I'm doing this, verse 6 says, that they may know from the rising of the sun to its setting, its setting, that there is none beside me. That they may know. It says, I'm doing this on purpose. Do we want the nations of the earth to know that there is no God beside the God of the heavens and the earth? That there is no power, there is no dominion, there is no throne beside the God of the heavens and the earth? That there is no president elected by human beings comparable to God? That there is no rich man, rich woman, billionaire, if there is any, that can be compared to this God is rich. He is dusty and filthy rich. He is beyond the word rich. He is out of this world. There is no wealth and existence and riches of the earth that can be compared to him. He says in Psalm 51, he says, A cattle, the cattle on 10,000 hills, they are mine. The cattle, the cattle on 10,000 10, hills, they are mine. Including the rich man, the billionaire, who has all the money and continue to boast. He says that that billionaire, including his finances, they are mine. My God. Master owner, relationship must return. When we want to get into the laws and the system, this one of the laws, he is master owner. I'm finishing it up. Listen. It says that they may know from the rising of the sun to this certain that there is none beside me. I am the Lord. If it says I am, it means that before him, beside him, Nothing comes. And there is no other. Repeated twice. It's as though the people were not hearing. So he has to re-echo it. Verse 7. Verse 7. Look at it. It says, I form light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. He does not need your permission to do whatever he wants to do. He does whatever he wants to do at any time as he wants. Come on. As I'm teaching this, the Lord Master Owner is going out there. And he's touching people's bodies and he's touching somebody's throat and touching touching your breast system, touching your bronch, is it bronc bronc bronchus or something? He's touching that system, he's reaching out to your lung, your, your lungs. The master owner is touching your body because he needs that body to operate in this earth. That is the relationship. I wish there was time. He needs that body. He says that it says that a body have thou prepared for me. It says concerning the volume of the book you have written about me, a body have you prepared for me. He needs that body to operate in this realm. That is why you must submit to him. And if he needs that body, then he must heal that body. If he needs you to prosper and fill your bank account because he must prosper his work, then you submit it to him and, and continue to be diligent at your work and business and he will prosper your business. Master owner. Come on, you can shout this and say it wherever. The Lord is my shepherd. He is my master. He is my owner. My life is not in my hands. Therefore, you cannot take it. My life, your life is not in your hands. Therefore, the devil cannot take it. Not even a man can take it. 
If your time is not up, they will shoot a bullet even physically and it will run through your headgear. It will run through your hair. It will run by your ear. It will pass through your body and go. And you will be stitched up because the revelation of him. It doesn't mean we should be careless anyway. But when danger comes, master owner, Jesus says, don't you know that even now I can ask my master and owner, the one to whom I receive definition and identity, and he can send me a legion of angels, 10,000 upon 10,000 of angels. Don't you know I can ask him now? That is the level of protection we carry. In the realm of God under the master owner. He says the angels of the Lord encamp around the righteous. Who? Master owner. He is my master. Jehovah Rohi. He is my master. So when we look at the covenant names of God, let's begin to live in the reality of how we should relate to him. Not him just blessing us. Because the nature of the blessing is that we come into submission and as his master owner, everything flows. Listen. It says, I form the light, I create darkness, I make peace and I create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. A couple more, a couple more, a couple more. Daniel chapter 2. The verse 21 through 22, he says, and he changes the times. He, he changes the times, master owner. And he changes the times. And the season, he changes it. It's not a rainy season because the weather has changed. There is somebody behind it that governs it. He changes the times. It's not because the sun went down, because the sun loves to go down. He changes the times and seasons. You may be down today. But the changing times and seasons are coming. It says that joy comes in the morning. Weeping may endure for a night. Come on, hold on. Because he changes the times and seasons. So long as I have him as master owner, he changes the times and seasons. You've been rejected, bluffed, insulted, spat upon, kicked. Knockdown master owner is the one to whom you submit. Your business is collapsed in this season of COVID. Master owner. He removed kings, the Bible says. He removed kings and he raised up kings. So do not make a host. He removed kings and raised up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. What I am teaching, I do not own it. It is that of the master owner. If he didn't give this wisdom, I couldn't have discerned it to teach it. The verse 22 is that he revealed deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwell with him. And light dwell with him. Ah, many, 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 many top-ranking business executives are chasing after psychics. Today, in, in America and the West and certain places of the earth, business owners have psychics working with them to teach them the strategies that, are, that must take the next venture. To teach them how they can outwit the next competitor. Listen to me. It is he who reveals deep and he reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness. 
The light dwells with him. It doesn't dwell with the psychic. It doesn't dwell with the prophet. It dwells with him. Master owner. So, we can say that our time is in his hands. Our days are in his hands. Our health in his hands. Our finances is in his hands. Our children in his hands. Our ministries, vocation, calling in his hands. I want to challenge you this morning. Wherever you are, you can just pray briefly. You want to just pray about two, three minutes. Just begin to submit to the master owner. Just submit to him. Just submit. All you need to do, just submit. Tell him, I submit this aspect of my life to you. Maybe you are struggling with certain habits. Masturbation. You are struggling with certain habits. Fornication. You are struggling with certain habits. Stealing. Struggling with certain habits. All those negative things. Just submit. Submit that aspect to him. I submit every aspect of my life. Your moral life. I submit my life. I submit my moral life. I submit my spiritual capacity to you. My knowledge, your education, you are struggling with your books. Unable to pass this exam. I submit these papers, Father, that I'm studying to you. I submit them. I submit these ACCS studies to you. Any area of struggle, Father, I submit. Submit it to him. Mantoli Gabraste. Just submit it to him. Let God meet us here. We come to you, Father. We abdicate our own right to be we. I abdicate my right to be me. A people who are truly free are the ones who have abdicated their right to take upon the master owner. Father, I abdicate my right to be me. I submit to you, master owner. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way in my marriage. Submit your wife. Submit your husband. Lord, have your way in the life of this woman that I'm married to. This man, this child, this child that has developed into something else other than other than walking in your standard. I submit him to you. Come on, pray it. Submit, submit, submit. Kapoto Zibirikapo. Legacy Kiprahakapados. Lobo Bobo Shegedege Bahakatus. Thank you, Lord. We come to you, Master Owner. We submit our fears to you. Lord, I commit to you, everybody connected to this call right now. We submit. We submit every fear. Every fear. Master Owner. If you miss a session from the beginning, when we end this, you just listen to this. It's full of life. It's full of wisdom. It's rich because the master owner himself, beyond my voice, beyond my understanding, draw near, Father, as we draw near. Put your hands upon our ministries. We abdicate it to you. It is not our ministry. It is yours. It is not our marriage, but it is yours. We hold this thing with great regard as being to you. Matatata brada brakata kapa zakapa Lebrohosi kataka prozige teke brakatodo Luzu brikato brezeke teke pa Thank you Father Master Oda Be near to me Friends God bless you Brief announcement We are back Thursday evening To look at the word of God Kingdom learning space weekly online Bible study. You want to be part of that. So look on on all our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find a Zoom link by the close of today. You'll find a Zoom link 
which would show you the dates. I mean, coming Thursday, coming Thursday is, um, let's see, coming Thursday, coming Thursday, July. Let's see, the month of July. I can't find my calendar. But coming Thursday, we're having our Bible study and so you want to, you want to be part of, you want to be part of that. You don't want to miss it. And so register to be part of it. Register to be part of it. Register to be part of it next Thursday. And hopefully this evening, as the Lord gives us grace, we'll be back online to pray. We want to pray this master owner dimension of our nations, our homes and families. Let me pray with you. The Lord bless you. The Lord give you wisdom. The Lord grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge. The spirit of the Lord rests upon you. The Lord God Almighty be God over you. If God be God, then let his glory be revealed this day in your life. Thank you for being on the broadcast. See you and it's bye-bye for now. Thank you.